Hello, I'm comedian and writer Sophia Alexandra. And I'm the co-host of the Daily Zeitgeist and wannabe comedian Miles Gray. And we're the hosts of a brand new podcast called 420 Day Fiancé, a podcast that features an elevated discussion of our favorite (laughs) reality show, 90 Day Fiancé, and all of its various iterations. Now, what is different about this podcast amongst all the podcasts that are available to you? Well, this podcast is 50% recap show, 50% game show, and 100% delicious messy drama. Yeah, so if you like the sound of that, listen to 420 Day Fiancé on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. What up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. And I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. And Damage is out celebrating his son's birthday today. Yeah. Mm, I guess that's the reason why I need to have a kid so I can call off work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw um, he posted a picture. His son is so cute. He really is. Okay, listen. Before we get too excited, because there's a lot we could talk about, Mm. um, make sure you're listening to us on iTunes. And go there. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Our rating has slipped to 4.5. That's a shame. And all the the complaints are Jason talks too much. (laughs) (laughs) you know listen when i'm not on the show and it's just you two they say oh this show's dead without jason when you're not here they say oh my god melissa fords the balance we need her here when damage is here they're like what is drama doing (laughs) but either way (laughs) like the three of us make up the show and so i'm back to piss you off but please go to itunes and give us a five-star rating Mm mm-hmm it's great to have five stars. Please, and my, thank you. My book right now on Amazon, <laughs> God Must Have Forgotten About Me. I Has am five stars. No, 4.7. Oh, oh, we got to get that up. Some bitch gave it a one-star rating and said, this story is untoo- too unbelievable. The, really? That was her comment? Yeah. It's, and it's, one it's star? Too, it's too unbelievable, and it's just made up. I'm like, really? All she got to do is turn on the news and just, there's a... Listen, what what can you do? You can't make the point of it all is you just cannot make everybody happy. And I'm 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 such at peace with life right now that I know I'm not going to make everybody happy, but I'm extremely happy. Okay, I'm back off of the tour. As you know, I've went to uh, Texas. Why have you not told me Texas is lit? I have. You've never told me Texas is lit. Texas. First of all, if you've never been to Texas, go on Southwest.com. They have flights straight to Hobby Airport. Find you a cheap ass motel. <laughs> first or of all, hostel. what part? Texas is a very large go, state. Go, Hobby is in Houston. Go, okay, D- start with Dallas. Yeah, go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dallas and Houston. There are some niggas in Houston. Yeah, there. I was engaged to somebody from Houston who lived in Houston. I was gonna live there. I loved it. I'm really mad at you. You did not tell me that Houston was lit. It is popping. Damn. And you want to know where else is really popping? In where? Texas. But it's the smallest, tiniest town. Don't say Waco. No, the- no, not Waco. Okay. Beaumont. Really? I, yeah, I was like, I went, I had to do a personal appearance in Beaumont. And I was just looking around the club. like Everybody, everybody was fine. Women and men. I was like, what the fuck is yeah. going on in Houston and, they're and Texas? So, and they're so nice and called southern southern hospitality oh my god them niggas almost i swear to god this is about to be texas on lockdown censor yeah no it's uh it's it's impressive it's impressive all the south is impressive well i went to dallas shout out to um shout out to dallas i went there and um shout out to the crew at k104 we're not syndicated there but i think we are getting ready to get picked up in k104 in dallas they were such a good group they're a new group form put together Mm mm-hmm and but this but they have great chemistry and mm-hmm. they were excited to have me there and they showed me a lot of love. The guy who run uh, the guy who kind of moderates the group, I forgot his name, but he's in love with you. Really? He looks like Wanye Morris from uh, Boys to Men. 
Mm-hmm. I started singing on bending knee. <laughs> um, I, he asked what type of guy you like. I said a gorilla because that's what you have described him as before. Yeah, I mean, but you know, silverback. I, I started thinking about my type, and it's just like I go from liking you know White silverback man. gorilla to a lumber sexual, you know, like uh, just and, and and everything in between, like a Lith, you know Spanish Lothario. Like I. <laughs> I really don't have a type. You want a man that's a good man. I want a man that I know is going to be able to pick me up and throw me around. And who ain't trying to holler at me. And definitely right, that. Okay. Well, this, this guy, he's not on my, he's not batting on my team, but mm-hmm. he, he definitely has said you're beautiful. He has a, he's a great personality. Mm-hmm. And then I went over to, had a great time. They have a club there called, if you're in Dallas, shout out to Stars and Stripes. Mm-hmm. Funny name because Texas, you know, the flag, but... Mm-hmm club was lit mm-hmm. it was more lit than our clubs mm-hmm. everybody was so good there. and the, people were actually dancing right everybody was dancing mm-hmm. and there were so many different shades of beautiful black people and just the whole club the whole club was there was like three beckys in there that looked like the golden girls they were an older white group of people they came they probably just came out for a good time too mm-hmm. but the whole club was black and beautiful mm-hmm. shout out to stars and stripes and dj asap who showed me a lot of love mm-hmm. and then we went over to houston mm-hmm I'm so mad I didn't know about the South. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going back. Yeah. Did you hit the Galleria Mall? I had uh, dinner with my attorney at Del Frisco's, mm-hmm. one of my attorneys. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the theme of our lunch was we're suing everybody this year. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that because I have a new lawsuit. But yeah. yeah, I told her, you know, we had a uh, Del Frisco's is really expensive, mm-hmm. but she paid for it. So yeah. I wasn't really tripping. But yeah, one of my favorite things about that mall is the um, is the, the rink skating rink? inside. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm hmm. Yeah, I didn't step foot in there. Okay. Well, yeah. I'd been to the Galleria before during Super Bowl a couple years ago, but mm-hmm. it's a huge mall. Yeah, it is. But shout out to everybody in Houston. The people in Houston were amazing. Um, I can't remember everything I did. I did go to different clubs, but I will say my book signings have been amazing along the road. People have come driven three, four hours to meet me. Which, That's dope. Which is insane because I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But um, Hilarious. Sh- shout out to everybody showing me love. But I had signed... My book's in Houston, and then there was a fan online who said, oh, my God, I didn't get a chance to come and see you. Mm-hmm. She says, I want to buy a book for my whole family. And I said, well, if, and I inst- hit her on Instagram. I said, well, if you come, if you buy 10 books, pull up. Mm-hmm. She went and bought 10 books and sent me a picture of it. And I, so I gave her the address of my hotel, and she came over and I signed them. Really? Yeah. That you weren't. You must not be on my Instagram. It's all over my. Instagram. No, I know, but I mean, I would. I didn't know you would invite her to your hotel. That's a little. Well, I didn't tell it's her. A little dangerous. I didn't tell her it was my hotel. I said, okay. I said I'm at a meeting across the street from this address. Pull up. Yeah. Then when she pulled up, I came down in socks. Okay. <laughs> she must have been really shocked. She was really nervous because when I was hugging her, she was kind of shaking. I'm like, girl, if you don't calm the hell down, but she was really excited, and she had her son there who was a fan of Wild and Out. And mm-hmm. You know, I've been really, uh, I woke up this morning to people crying on my voicemail who were reading the book, people who lived through the time periods that I went through and mm-hmm. they didn't know I was going through stuff or didn't know what had happened before. And mm-hmm. they're just having all these revelations. And then people that are in the book are having different triggers. So I didn't, I kind of, I'm excited that people are reacting to it, but I kind of feel bad that I didn't really think about everybody else when I wrote my story. I thought about me. I don't think that you, even if you did think about them, you would have altered what you said. I would not have. Okay, so then what you want? Yeah, but Don't I mean, worry about it. yeah, but you know, like I didn't know people would have this emotional, this this type of emotion. I feel like I'm watching you develop a conscience. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm still Jason Motherfucking Lee. Yeah, I think people think this is like a branding tool, right? They're like, oh my god, he's changing. People are literally online talking about, oh, he's getting soft now, or he's this and that. And I and I and I just want to explain, like, you 
we were talking about Grammys, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. There was a time period where I would try to tell you to let's go out and you didn't never want to go nowhere. Never wanted to go out. Never. But what was that for? Because um, a bunch of things. Uh, I have, I, I get social, I have massive social anxiety, you know, um, and it, I, I guess it kind of goes back to um, just, I don't know, always feeling like I was, never feeling like I needed to show up anywhere, but just, I don't know, I just never wanted to invite, you know, bullshit into my life. And sometimes just going out invites just, just shit that I don't need to deal with, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of times just going out there just be people I don't want to see. Fuck, my, what am I doing there? That's just how you know me. I, just, I don't like a lot well, of people. I'm getting there. And I, and I don't know <laughs> if it's age or if it's just I'm there. You know, I'm really, I, I'm trying to find this sense of peace. Kind of a been there, done that yeah. kind of thing, you know? And you got to also understand that, like, I've been, I started out as, like, you know, video model, bartending in New York City, like, at the height of, like, before 9-11 when money was just fucking everywhere and Jay-Z was sitting in my section and, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, when I go out, I'm like, it's hard to impress me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I did so much so early that once, you know, later came, I was like, got to be a real good reason for me to put on some motherfucking eyelashes. I don't even have them on right now. <laughs> I don't feel the pressure. Like, I, I, I never, I can't say if I felt the pressure. I just always felt like, man, I just got to go to this part. I got to beat this part. I'm going to go to this. And now I don't even know if the people at the clubs even know who I am because I mm-hmm. don't go out like that anymore, mm-hmm. which I feel like when you walk in the room, whatever room you're in at whatever job you're in you should people should be excited to see you and i feel like if you're just everywhere all the time are people going to stay excited to see it's you it's called attending the opening of an envelope yeah well my there's envelope a, is closed yeah there's a lot of people in this town that will attend the opening of an envelope you'll just be seeing them out, out all the time you know hashtag my life is a movie it is the most boring movie in the fucking world yeah and i'm not i mean i'm not <laughs> trying to open the envelope i want to be the envelope there you go you know not that i want anybody to peel me open because that's a different you know that's a whole different show so uh <laughs> so i went to new orleans mm-hmm. um i met a guy named larry morrow do you know him He's friends with Angela Yee. Yeah. They have this yeah, birthday yeah, party yeah, every yeah, year. Yeah. He's an author also. So mm-hmm. I gave him my book. He gave me his book. Mm-hmm. Um, I love New Orleans. I'm going there too. Really? When? Uh, in February, I have to go speak at Dillard University. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to speak about? I can't remember. <laughs> Something. You'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I love the city. I love the energy. I love the people. The people were really great. Um, all the New Orleans bloggers came out to see me. Um, shout out to them to and they actually pulled up seats at the book signing and we had class around media and where was it Barnes and Noble okay yeah yeah and so we you know we got into the details of blogging because there's so many people that want to get into media or that want to get into this industry and it's kind of interesting now because I never knew what I looked like when I was trying to get in but now on the other side of it where I'm in it and looking at people who are trying to get, I see the same fire and desire, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, frustrations, quite frankly, because this shit is hard. Mm-hmm. Breaking into your industry was hard. Breaking into my industry is hard. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to them, they were like, so when did you feel like, when did the, the tables turn where people started respecting you for what you did? I'm like, I still don't feel like people respect the influence that we have, but that's why, you know, we're flexing a little harder this year. Our mm-hmm. content is changing. Mm-hmm. Our website is on, on February 1st. Our website goes live. We have a whole new website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, just investing in the IP. I told you our URL costs 12 grand just mm-hmm. to buy the URL. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we're we're enjoying the business side of it. But, you know, this book has taken a lot and moving around into different cities has been a um, it's been a journey. And we're getting I'm here now for the Grammys. And then we head mm-hmm. back out mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the way back here, um, you know, I had a moment at the airport. I don't know if you saw it. I did see that. What did you think? It was so it was such a what the fuck moment. Like, what what? why did they approach you mm-hmm. like what were they they were they said they were undercover cops they really did not look like undercover cops they just didn't well we're talking about airport amy for those of you who are listening and not watching or those of you watching don't know what we're talking about um we're just going to put this clip up for you right here so tell me why i'm being stopped please tell me why you're stopping me can you please you know Have a good day. no tell me why you're randomly stopping no, thank me you. you don't want to tell me why you're Bye. stopping me some fucking bullshit. Y'all got the wrong motherfucker. Tell me who you are and why you keep following me. It's some real random shit. The police here want to ask me who I am, yet don't tell me why they're asking. You're not acting like a police officer. If you have police business, if you have police business, ma'am, come and ask me about it. If you're police business, come and ask me. What are you talking about then? Yes, call somebody. Bye, you not if you got police business, come and handle it then. Exactly. All right, so what happened was, for those of you listening and not watching on YouTube, um, I decided to go to New Orleans by myself. I never travel by myself. I always mm-hmm. have one person with mm-hmm. me, or when I get to a city, if I have a, a scheduled appearance, I'll have security. Mm-hmm. Stockton, we had security, we had cameras, we had the team was there. I mean, we had a lot of people, my cousins. Mm-hmm. So we were good because I just don't like traveling by myself mm-hmm. in case shit happens. Yeah. But then there are times where I go, man, I can just pop over real quick mm-hmm. and I'm in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to Uber the, Uber the door, for, walk out the door, get an Uber, get somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't need security or nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting when I went to New Orleans and I was in Barnes and Noble, the people who were coming in, they were kind of looking around. They're like, where's your team at? I'm like, I'm by myself. They're like, you came to New Orleans by yourself? I'm like, yeah. Interesting city to go to by yourself. But I mean, I don't have any beef there. I mean, okay. But I also don't think of like, you know. <laughs> you may not think you got beef with somebody. <laughs> but you never know who's going to try to come up either. That, that too, yeah. 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 So I went by myself. And everything was great. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a live music event. Mm-hmm. Went to Morrow's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed at the Intercontinental. Nice hotel. I love the Intercontinental. Beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, yeah. And then I said, I'm going to sleep in a little bit because I, I had already went in late and missed my flight. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to sleep in and take a later flight. So mm-hmm. I did that. I get to the airport. I'm TSA pre-check and clear. Mm-hmm. For people that don't understand that, can you please break it down? How how thorough the investigation goes into giving you these privileges? Okay, so with TSA PreCheck and Clear, you have to give biometrics, um, and you have to be conditionally approved for TSA PreCheck, which means you have to fill out a a form online, and it's a government agency. So that's the level. Don't you fingerprint? Yeah, biometrics. Okay. Yeah, so picture, fingerprint, that sort of stuff, and. Uh, clear same way that's how you identify yourself as you put your hand on the pad and it identifies you through your fingerprint so basically if you have both of those things you went through a very lengthy tedious invasive process of your personal information um and to get approved for both of them Mm -hmm. so 
you know, criminals are not able to get clear and TSA pre-check. So I have clear, I have TSA pre-check. I'm yeah. holding a copy of my book. Yeah, you're you. You're my you. face is, a, I don't know too many mules, cocaine <laughs> mules, who are slash authors on the side. Yeah. But I found it really interesting because when I got to the airport, and shout out to all the TSA. Let me first start by saying I love all of y'all. You guys are my friends. You see me in the airport. You see me struggling with my little raggedy-ass bags and my backpack. <laughs> Lost all my sunglasses on these trips. But you see me struggling, and you say, you know what, Jason? We love you on Love & Hip Hop. We love you on Wild & Out. We're going to take you straight to the front, and you guys take really good care of me. But this day, something was different. Mm. I looked at this guy in his face, and I said, this homosexual definitely wants to fill my dick. And I'm not even in the mood for it. It's too, maybe if he, <laughs> maybe if he, maybe if it, if it was a little cuter, maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe I, I let him rub a couple times and, you know, chalk it up to the game. Right. I never have those thoughts about TSA pre-check. I'm, no. I'm sorry. No, no, but he had the homosexual eye. What? So for that? those of you that don't know, there's a homosexual eye and there's a, and there's a gay mouth, right? <laughs> If the, if, if, if the mouth is looking at you and it's chattering a little bit. Oh, this you know, is so weird. I, I don't well, know. Claudia Jordan can explain to you the gay mouth. Right. Like one day she'll come up here and she'll, she'll do it for you. She's very good with the gay mouth. Okay. And then there's the gay eye. It's like this lingering look where you're just trying to make a connection to see if there's a connection. And then, but it's enough to get away from it if, you, if, you, if, the, if it isn't received well. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, he had the homosexual eye, right? Okay. So I'm sitting there looking at the guy and I'm like, okay. And he's giving me attitude. So now he's not only giving me the homosexual eye, he's giving me the I don't give a fuck who this nigga is attitude. And I'm like, what? Well, it's too early in the morning for all this, but mm -hmm. I'm still going to go through. So I'm TSA pre check and mm -hmm. I'm clear. Do you mm -hmm. take off your shoes at pre TSA pre check? No. Okay. First, now he wants me to take off my shoes. Mm. So I'm like, well, I'm TSA pre-check. Now there's a whole line of people. You can't really argue all that. Yeah. So I take off my shoes. I go through. The guy in front of me hits the thing and it beeps, but it's a delayed beep. So the beep gets me. And now he makes me go out the machine and then go back around. And he has this whole attitude. Now I'm doing the Rock Nation thing in the machine, right? Yeah. So I'm TSA pre-check clear. And now I'm doing this. That's a lot. So I'm now I'm annoyed. Mm -hmm. So now when I get through, he comes over and... I guess my wallet was still in my pocket. So it left a little yellow patch on the machine in my back pocket. Uh -huh. He tells me I have to rub your back, your butt. I have to rub your thighs and I have to rub across your, your, your groin, groin your area. Groin. Now, typically they'll say, do you want to go somewhere private or do you want to just do it here? Yeah, that's exactly what they do. He doesn't ask that. He just goes to rubbing. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I don't even want you to touch me because I saw you lingering. I get your ass out of here. So I get somebody <laughs> else to come or whatever. And that guy, he's, you know, whatever, he's, he starts rubbing my groin, too. I was over the whole experience. So I was, I was me too at the airport. Right. <clears throat> I get to the seat, and these two cops come, or these two people come and just sit next to me, literally at the same time. You know how, like, if you're at the airport, you're you usually on your phone. Mm -hmm. We don't really pay attention around us anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Do you? Yes, I do. You look around everywhere. I yes, I am on high alert. I am hyper. Are you? I am hyper vigilant. Yes. So in the airport, you're looking around. Yes, I am. I'm not. I'm looking for crazy. <laughs> yeah, I stay. I want to stay as far away from it as possible. I'm actually looking to see if people are leaving bags. You think okay. I want to be fucking bombed at an airport? Shit right. can happen. I don't even look. I I am a hyper vigilant motherfucker. Well, that's gonna change. So. Mm -hmm. But what I did notice was two bodies sat down at the exact same time. Right so it was next, like yeah. one of those things where it was like, yeah. so I look and they're both looking at me. Right. It's a black man and a white woman. And, right. I, and I'm looking at them. So I look at her and I say, what's up? And she says, the lady says to me, um, uh, can you give me your name? And I said, no. Who are you? 
And she says, uh, well, where are you heading? And I said, clearly you see I'm at the gate heading to Los Angeles. Who, are, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you? Yeah. And she says, well, we're, we're New Orleans detectives, right? Okay. So she, they both pull out like their little IDs and their badges. Mind you, they're in plain clothes. Yeah. She got a Saints backpack on, you know. So, I saw. You know, and he's yeah. whatever he got going on. Yeah. So I look at him. Now I'm from California. I don't know what a New Orleans badge looks like. So mm-hmm. I can't really respond to him like I know mm-hmm. who they are. So I said to them, like, yo, I don't know who you are, and I don't know if that's even a real badge, but you ain't got no business talking to me because I don't com- I don't commit crimes. So what mm-hmm. the fuck is this about? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we like to look into your bag because, you know, we do random stops where we're looking for narcotics. I said, Wow. I said, ma'am, mind you, I'm t- this is why I'm saying this so you can keep this in mind. I'm TSA pre-check mm-hmm. and clear. Mm-hmm. I'm already through security. Mm-hmm. I'm ticketed and sitting at the gate Mm -hmm. and my book with my photo on it is in my lap. Yeah. So I said to her, ma'am, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to do, but you got the wrong motherfucker today. And Mm -hmm. I pulled up my phone and that's when I started filming. Yeah. And I'm like, so what do you want? What's going on? And then they looked at each other and they said, oh, well, let's go. We're we're out here. And they walk away. Now, mind you, now at this point, I'm thinking these people have to be fake cops on some scammer shit or body snatch. You know how they're stealing girls out the streets. Right. So I'm like, hold on. So it was the weirdest thing. So I got up and then when I got up and went to speak to the TSA agent or the flight agent, uh, she comes back and she goes, what are you asking her? I said, bitch, who the fuck are you? What, what the fuck do you want? Now, mind you, the black guy she's with is standing by Starbucks across filming me. So the lady's like, would you like me to call the police? I'm like, can you please call the police? She goes, I am the police. I said, man, I don't know who the fuck this is, but call a police officer with a uniform on. Right. Okay, so she leaves and she's filming me, and I'm filming her as she leaves. And everybody in the airport is looking like, what the hell is this, right? Yeah. Now, here comes the plainclothes police officer. By this point, which fan- one, the black guy? No, her. No, no, no. another one. I mean, a clo- uh, officer in oh, a uniform. Okay, in uniform. uniform. Okay, sorry. okay, okay. Sorry. Here he comes. Yeah. And so now I'm walking over to him, and now fans are coming up. Uh-huh. Are Jason, are you okay? So now they're like trying to figure out who I am. Yeah. The fans are now saying my name. Yeah. Starbucks fans. Yeah. Fans coming up for photos. I'm like, hold on a second. So I said to him, please help me understand what's happening because I'm unclear. Um, and I broke down the situation to him, and he says to me, well, in this airport, we have the ability to stop whoever we want because you're in a public setting. They have the right to take whatever pictures of you because anybody of the public, all of us as citizens, can take pictures. I said, first of all, you're not a citizen. I am. Uh-huh. You are the police. Mm-hmm. You have a heightened level of responsibility. Then I asked them, where was the probable you're cause? You're a civil servant. Where was the probable cause mm. for you to stop me? They stopped the wrong one. <laughs> and he goes, well, uh... Well, we, probable cause. I mean, what do you mean? I said, well, okay, what reasonable suspicion did you have that I was committing a crime? Because the only two reasons you could stop me is probable cause, which means you saw I was in possession of a firearm or had drugs in front of me, or reasonable suspicion that I was committing a crime because somebody told you uh, or you walked by and you smelled something. Mm-hmm. But without those two things, there is something called a constitution, motherfucker. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And this conversation is happening very loud around a bunch of white people who mm-hmm. are very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, today y'all stopped the wrong nigga. Mm. So now I want to know what was the reasonable suspicion or probable cause? He couldn't answer the question. So the plainclothes supervisor, who I found out was sitting behind me, didn't even know he was the third person behind me until I saw the video. My fans started pointing it out that there was a third cop behind me. 
walks up and he's like, hey, man, you know, we don't understand why you're making this a big deal. I said, first of all, motherfucker, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> they I just said, keep coming. <laughs> yeah, I said, I don't know who you are. I said, but I feel like this is racist. Yeah. And I feel like you did it because I'm black. They both looked at me with the straightest face. Please bear with me. <laughs> and they said, you're not black. You look white. Uh, we thought you were white. I'm in New Orleans with Creole people. Uh-huh. I mean, I know I'm light, but I ain't white. If anything, I thought you were Mexican. We didn't know you were black. We thought you were white. They got cameras on. I can't wait to pull the footage because you know I'm on their ass. But what really hit me was at that moment was this is probably how Philando Castile got killed. This is probably how Eric Gardner, the beginning of him getting choked out, happened. This is probably how Trayvon Martin's situation led up in the dark. This is probably how every other black person that doesn't know their rights and doesn't know how to stand their ground in a calm, controlled way, who freaks out because these people are up here trying to get them because it was some crazy shit, Mm -hmm. ended up dead. And it, it hit me so hard that there's so many people that the reason why I posted online and posted it so many times, well, for a few things, they refused to give me their names. Mm-hmm. They refused to give me their badge numbers. Mm-hmm. They walked away from me. Mm-hmm. And what was really disrespectful was how condescending she was patting me on my back Ew. and rubbing my shoulder and saying, have a good day and walking away as if she didn't just violate my rights. So with all of that said, I put it online and I called in. And so now what's happened, my fans, I love you so much. Hollywood Unlocked fans, my family. I even call y'all fans, family. They went and found her Facebook, her Instagram. They found all her personal information, (laughs) people who went to high school, her neighbors. I have all her information, the police officer, and now I'm following up to file charges. But I say all that to say it's so I'm only telling the story for the sense of wanting people to really get educated on their rights, because whether you're light skin, dark skin, black, Mexican, if you're anything with melanin or any color in your skin or you're a Middle Eastern that they may try to slap. the. How do you judge someone? Not by what they say, by what they do. We're a nation of doers. What's Mike Bloomberg about? Doing things. A middle-class kid worked his way through college, an entrepreneur. Bloomberg built a global news and information business from scratch. Mayor of a diverse, progressive city, Mike Bloomberg rebuilt after 9-11, creating nearly 500,000 jobs, improving health care and public schools. Now he's running for president, and Mike's the change we need. From chaos to steady leadership, from lies to someone who believes in facts and data, from divisiveness to someone who builds teams, nurtures good ideas, and holds himself accountable for results. Mike Bloomberg knows how to lead, to build, to deliver, to do. He'll win and unite this country. Mike will get things done. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message because we need to deliver on the promise of the American dream. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Terrorist label on you. You mm-hmm. should know your rights in America mm-hmm. because these motherfuckers clearly didn't care. That is unbelievable. What happened? That's unbelievable. It happened. And, um, you know, when I look at just... Uh, you know, in New York, they had the 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 uh, law, the stop and frisk law, mm-hmm. where you could think somebody's a criminal and mm-hmm. you can stop them and frisk them. Yeah, you know who was bl- behind that? Bloomberg, mm-hmm. who's Bloomberg. running for president right now. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. but I don't think people understand the severity of what can come out of that. What yeah. What if I? Uh, what if I had uh, something on me or a, a warrant or something? I mean. Not that I had a warrant, but even then, if you do have a warrant, you can't just walk up to somebody and say, do you have a warrant? Right. 
Because the question is, what made you walk up to them? Because they were black? Because mm-hmm. they were a man? Because mm-hmm. they were a woman? I don't know. It was something that didn't set well with me. And I just feel like more black people, more brown people should really, really know where they stand in this country with respect to their rights. Because clearly they're not going to respect them. Yeah. Um, well, we have a whole bunch of uh, statistics in front of us about <clears throat> stop and frisk in California uh, stats, et cetera, et cetera. So let's start with California. Um Black people in California were stopped by police officers much more frequently than any other racial group in 2018, and police were more likely to use force against them. Uh, 28% of all persons stopped by Los Angeles police officers during the last six months in 2018 were black, while black people account for just 9% of the city's population. And in San Francisco, the black population has shrunk over several decades to just 5% of the city's total population, but 26% of all stops carried out by the San Francisco Police Department from July through December of 2018 were of black people, marking the widest racial disparity in police stops of the eight reporting agencies. What bothered me the most about this wasn't just what happened there. Earlier this year, I think, I, I don't know if I told you, did I tell you the story of when we got pulled over and handcuffed and all that in front of my building? Yes. So, did I tell that on this show? Yeah. Okay. So, but recap it. Just well, for, just a just quick can't, recap. Yeah. I was getting a ride home in a Rolls Royce. Mm hmm. Cardi called on FaceTime mm-hmm. right as I was about to get out in the driveway of my building. Mm-hmm. So I told the person driving the car because the conversation was going to last a little longer and I didn't want to block the driveway. Mm-hmm. Pull out and just turn right and pull over right here mm-hmm. and I'm going to finish this call and I'll get out. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the phone with Cardi when the police drive by. Literally, mm-hmm. as we pull over, the police drive by. And the way they're hanging out the window, it reminds me of a time to kill when the white people were going out to kill the little black girl, how they were looking. Mm-hmm. Just the look was, they, they weren't looking like police officers patrolling. They mm-hmm. were they were hanging, literally looking out the window like like animals, like they wanted to come and fuck with us. Mm-hmm. So as they drove by, I said to the, my friend DJ Bling in the drive seat, I said, they're going to come and fuck with us. He was like, no, they're not, because we're not doing anything. You know, this is my car. Mm-hmm. I have the papers. We're good. Mm-hmm. They made a U-turn. I said, here they come. And they came and got behind us, and they ended up fucking with us, and really agitating us and talking disrespectful to us and they incited a reaction to the extent that they then pulled us out the car went through my bag illegally put me up against the wall in front of my building Mm -hmm. handcuffed me and i really was mad at myself for not really pursuing that Mm -hmm. because if even if anything there's a mark on their record or a Mm -hmm. a report of it or something Mm -hmm. then hopefully there there could be reparations for people in the future who go through what Mm -hmm. i went through but this time i'm going to stand up for myself and i don't know it was just one of those things where i'm like Right in the midst of this all-time high of promoting my book and telling my story, here comes some bullshit. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, More stats. Uh, Black people are much more likely to have firearms pointed at them by police officers. We see this on an almost daily basis. Um, They are also more likely to be detained, handcuffed, and searched. And at the same time, when the police search black, Latino, and Native American people, they are less likely to find drugs, weapons, or other contraband compared to when they search white people. Um, For the city of San Diego, the 2018 uh, data showed that black people accounted for 19% of all the stops made by San Diego police last year, even though only 6% of the city's population is black. I would have thought it was like three. San Diego there is like, oh, niggas. Yeah, I've only been to San Diego probably three times in my life, and I felt they didn't want my black people. My God, <laughs> it's, it, I, it is not a town that I like to frequently, you know, go hang out in. Um, it's but lovely. We are, but we are on the radio in San Diego, so shout out to San Diego. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's lovely, it's beautiful, but it's like, I don't know, like I just don't, I feel so, I feel watched. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel watched there. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, black people were 25% more likely to be searched, 8% more likely to be arrested without a warrant, and 59% more likely to have force used against them during a stop, according to an analysis by the advocacy organization Campaign Zero. This, uh, suggestion for the website, since it's coming up on February 1st, you probably already way ahead of me, but perhaps maybe put like a, you know, like, what people's rights are because you were so qu you were so quick <clears throat> to remind them the only two reasons that you could stop me is for probable cause and the reasonable suspicion reasonable suspicion exactly no i don't know very many people that would have been able to you know like have that in, like right at, at the ready you mm -hmm. know as a as a means to defend yourself against what they were doing um, and then quote, you know, and, and then basically say that this is unconstitutional. Not a lot of people talk like that. They don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that should be taught in school. But again, there's probably a reason why it's not. Right. And going back again, they're not going to teach you these things. Yeah. People just Google at your fingertips. It's there. Right. You know, what are my rights when stopped by a police officer? Google that. Mm -hmm. Take five minutes to Google it and take five minutes to tell your children because your children are going to get caught up. You know, they're expecting you to not know. Their faces, when I start talking that shit... Yeah, they probably look like you didn't, blink, you didn't, blink, you, you blink. You didn't see how they were looking behind me to each other, like, let's get out of here? Yeah. Because I was like, I said... That's I, exactly what that looked like. And this is what I said to him. Y'all stopped the wrong motherfucker today. Yeah. So, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Because I don't have... You have no reason to be talking to me. And... Then they started. Then when I pulled out that phone, that's the other thing. And I'm now I'm an advocate for kids having phones in school. Yeah. With gun shoot, with shootings at schools, with child molesting teachers, with motherfucking police trying shit, just things happening in general. If the whole issue with kids having guns in school, I mean having uh, phones, phones in, in school, schools. is because you don't want them playing Pokemon. That's that's less than the evil of running into somebody who tries to fuck them in the bathroom or take advantage of them or violate their rights. Yeah. I really felt, you know what's so crazy is I didn't feel hopeless, helpless at all. Mm -hmm. I felt empowered, empowered when they tried it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Now, the beautiful part of this, and I'll tell you who at break, but one of our friends who's in the industry is from that city and mm -hmm. knows the supervising detective. Mm -hmm. So now we're able to figure out who this person is. Mm -hmm. And we found him on Facebook. She's changing her Facebook name, but my fans are, they're finding her now, mm -hmm. you know, and not to mention one of my staff uh, followed her from a Guinea pig account. So, we <laughs> all, we <laughs> but it's just, it was just one of those, one of those moments where I was sitting on the plane thinking, and I was reading people's comments online. We don't know. Can you tell us what our rights are? We don't know what our rights yeah. are. What, what, what do we do if something like that happens to us? Like, this is crazy. This is scary. And I'm like, this happens all the time. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Stop and frisk. This is why I said, I don't care what Bloomberg comes out and apologizes for now. That's what the fuck this was. Right. I mean, something similar. Yeah. Can you imagine just walking down the street and somebody wants to go in your shit? No, I, I, I couldn't imagine. I would be incredulous. Yeah. I would be like you know, what the fuck, but I also wouldn't be able to, you know, spout off what my rights were and that they were being violated at that moment. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to have done that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm one of those people. I get away with the whole, you know, you're a woman with the whole being yeah. a woman and pretty girl thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I, ca I cannot tell you how many tickets I've gotten myself. I've, I've been racing fucking cops on the highway in an unmarked vehicle. And I thought that they were just playing car tag with me. And they were like, get to a light. They were like, can you pull into my station right there? I'm like, oh, shit. You know, and what am I going to say? Why am I going to say? See, what happened was, talk myself the fuck out of it. Titties.
They're fabulous. And, and black men, you don't have that. Yeah. And black men, <laughs> black men, you just a black man. Yeah. And to think that they tried it. And then the black cop next to her, I said, this old Opie Taylor motherfucker in this Mayberry operation, I don't know what he was thinking. And I'm looking at him, come to find out, you know, he's married to one of my fans who, who one of my fans who, his her sister's married him or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him like, nigga, I know your girl watched Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. I know y'all watch Wild and Out. You have to. I mean, we've had 684 million minutes watch of this ridiculous ass podcast. You've mm-hmm. seen something. Yeah. I just I couldn't even believe it. I also couldn't believe how many people around when it first started happening didn't come and say something because I don't think they bystander really, effects. Yeah, I don't think they. Understood. And, all, and uh, yeah, the bystander effect. And they probably were like, I don't know if they did. Do you think that they might have heard that they were flexing as they were cops? And not wanting to get involved? I I don't even know. Uh, And these people work for the Jeffrey Parish Sheriff's Office. So those of you that don't know where that is, uh, it's in New Orleans. It's not the New Orleans Police Department. So I do want to make a distinction because the people of New Orleans were really upset that, you know, when they... So it's not New Orleans PD, it's the sheriff's... It's the Jeffrey Parish Sheriff's Department. Mm. Now, when we posted, when I posted this online... Other people now who've had the same experience with these officers have been starting sending me their videos and their photos. And guess what? Mm. They're all black or Asian or Latino. Mm-hmm. Not one white person has said that they were stopped. Right. So it's really interesting, the power of social media. And I say to people all the time, and use your social media for, you know, to promote your products and your brand and this and that. But also use it for social justice. Yeah. That's the kick that I'm on now because now I'm like, okay. Now that I have the platform, I realize that I've had the platform. I got to start doing more things outside of just Hollywood Unlocked. That's mm-hmm. why the book came about. That's mm-hmm. why I've been going out speaking yeah. and stuff. But it's just so um, it was very disheartening. And I can only I feel I feel what I went through. But I also can feel what other black men or people of color have gone through. Yeah. In this crazy in this country. Yeah. It's uh, it's really it's really unfortunate. So just like if. You've been in the dark. You don't know what stop and frisk is. I lived in New York at the time where it was, you know, a practice that was initiated it initiated. And it was it was it was horrific, honestly, Um, from Bloomberg can sit up high in in his fucking castle as a billionaire white man and really not know what it what enacting this, you know, legislation did to people on a daily basis. So stop and frisk is a, is a crime prevention strategy that allows police officers carte blanche to just stop whoever the fuck they want, whenever they want, for whatever reason. And they ain't stopping them on Wall Street. No, no, no. And that's where the majority of criminals motherfucking are, okay? <laughs> um, so it allows police officers to detain someone, because I live there, so I know those degenerates, um, to detain someone for questioning on the street in public housing projects <clears throat> or in private buildings where landlords request police patrols. Officers are required to have reasonable belief that the person is, has been, or is about to be involved in a crime. That is crazy. <laughs> that's like fucking minority report. No, if you're walking down the street and you're sagging, yeah. you're you're probably going to be committing a crime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so if police officers believe the detainee is armed, an officer can conduct a frisk by passing his hands over the person's outer garments. Um, so some of the stats that, uh, that, that go with this. After taking office in 2002, Mr. Bloomberg oversaw a dramatic expansion in the use of stop and frisk. Uh, the number of stops multiplied to sevenfold, peaking with 685,724 in 2011 and then tumbling to 191,851 in 2013. Uh, during- Wait, can I just jump in? Yeah. So this is what people have to realize. 
you could be walking to the store to go get some toilet paper. Yeah. And because your pants are sagging, I forgot my belt today, so I'm probably going to be sagging when I leave here. Yeah. I can get stopped and frisked. Yeah. Now, without probable cause and reasonable suspicion, let me tell you the difference. Probable cause. Melissa calls 911 and says, I see a light-skinned black guy with a black sweater on that has the prayer hands on here, and he just stole off my porch. Now... When they see me walking down the street or anybody walking down the street with that sweater on that meets that meets that description, they can legally justifiably stop me because they can say I have reasonable suspicion that that's that person. That's a lot of degree of of process that has to go into determining that this could be a person that's committed a crime. Probable cause is I'm walking down the street in my regular outfit, but I'm holding a hoodie that has. The prayer hands on it. So now you have probable cause to stop me because mm-hmm. I have the sweater that matches the description. If Kelvin's wearing it, Kelvin's not light skin, but he mm-hmm. has the sweater. So maybe you want to ask him, where did you get the sweater? Mm-hmm. But there's like rule like this stop and frisk shit is dangerous. Yeah. And I think the thing that's just so alarming to me is that this is what bothers me about this Internet shit. People that know us or that have been with this show since day one, we've mm-hmm. been here four years mm-hmm. now. We've been mm-hmm. here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know us. You, you should know us by this point. Mm-hmm. The whole colorism, he don't like dark skin or blacks or he ain't black enough or you ain't. Don't say nigga because you're a Mexican. <clears throat> Our people need mm-hmm. to stop that shit. Yeah. Like, it's really, it's almost like if you were in the army in, if our, if our, our, if our armed forces mm-hmm. were in Iran, fighting for the freedom or protection of freedom in our country. Mm-hmm. But the Marines didn't like the army because they're not as tough. Yeah. And then the air force didn't like the Marines or the army because they felt like they were the elite. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They would have fractions within our armed forces mm-hmm. and we would get destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing happening with our race. A thousand percent. You're too dark. You're too light. You're mm-hmm. too dark. And, and, and you're, you know, like all that shit is the crazy thing because you know what went through my head when they stopped me in the mm-hmm. airport mm-hmm. It's cause I'm black. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cause I'm light skinned. It wasn't cause I'm mixed. There's this black chick on my Instagram right now. She's light skinned from, from, uh, the UK, she's probably fucking sucked too much of the Queen's juice because she's on my Instagram saying to me, stop claiming that you're black. Mm -hmm. You ain't black. Your mama's white. And so I haven't even had to say nothing to her because all my other supporters on my Instagram are attacking her ass. Right. Because they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? The same with white people who are coming on my Instagram and saying, and I love white people, but don't speak on black issues because mm-hmm. you don't know. Right. Unless you're going to be in support of wanting to know. Mm-hmm. This one white girl comes on my account and she's like another black person using the race card. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lit her ass Shut the up fuck up, Becky. Because it's just <laughs> like you, you don't live through these lenses. Yeah. So you don't know. You can say, oh, my, my best friends are, are black. Well, guess what, Becky? When they leave your house to go home they have to worry about if something can happen to them on the way home. Let me tell you, I being raised in Canada with, you know, a white mother and a black father, I didn't know that there was anything, you know, different about me. I lived in an all Italian neighborhood, like all Italian, like old country Italian. That was my friend's parents. And so I didn't know anything. I was different in any way, shape or form until one of their cousins from like Washington State came and basically said, oh, you're a nigger. And I was just like... What the fuck is that? He said it straight out. Yeah, he. I mean, we were all like seven Wait, and eight. Nigga or nigger. E R. Wow. But uh, 
I didn't know. You didn't know what that was. I didn't know what the word meant. Yeah. I'd never heard it before in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you all have to understand that Canada, it, specifically Toronto, is an extraordinarily, it's probably the most liberal city in the in the world. So there's not a lot of racism there? There, I mean, I hear about, I hear about it now more, yeah. um, you know, when I'm paying attention to what's happening in, in Toronto. But at being seven years old, I had had no... Um, you know, exposure to it whatsoever. My school, my best friend was Japanese and Italian. Like everybody was just so mixed race and there was just so much of everybody there that I didn't understand. So when he said this word to me, I ran home crying because the word just sounded so vicious, but I didn't know what it meant. And then that's when my dad, you know, grabbed me by my shoulders and he said, the next time somebody says some shit like that to you, you better tell them that you got the best of both worlds. And that, that empowered me for pretty much the rest of my life. That going on, you know, to ex- explain like my experiences with racism, every time I hear, you know, news from the States and, you know, just everything just seemed black and white. I was like, not everything could be black and white. Like, why is everybody think everything so much about race in the States? It's such bullshit. And then I came to live here and I started to really realize, no, it really is. It really is. It, it, it is almost always about race whether it's gentrification yes whether it's it's insti- it's, it's, it's institutionalized whether racism. it's credit yes whether it's liquor stores on every corner in the hood yeah whether it's bringing in big body big box stores like walmart and killing black businesses yeah this country is fucked up i don't even be on my pro-black shit because i'd be on my i really want the world to just be the world yeah I, I remember growing up and I remember being in the foster care system in Mary Graham Hall. And I remember kids would get in fights, different kids, different colors. Mm-hmm. And one kid would say to the Mexicans, you spick. And I never under, even knew what the fuck a spick word was. It mm-hmm. sounded like such a dumb word yeah. that I never even used it because it never even made sense. And it never made sense to me to get mad at a group of people and call them out their name or you chink or you honky. Yeah. yeah. Those words just all sounded so dumb yeah. that I said to myself, this is all just some dumb ass shit. Yeah. And I never saw kids for racial. Yeah. I had my, one of my neighbors was an Indian that used to have the red dot on mm-hmm. his head. I was always amazed at why they had this dot. I mm-hmm. never knew what the dot meant, mm-hmm. but I, and he had long hair that he put up in this thing. And I never, mm-hmm. I was always, it was always exciting to me to like look at these different races in our community who were very different. Whether I was at my Asian homie house and his mom was cooking fish on the porch. I, lo- I loved going to all my other my friends houses yeah. who were of different nationalities, different yeah. religions, different because I got to experience it like really early mm-hmm. on. And it makes you so, you know, it, it just it just changes the lens where you just don't. It's see- like Dora the Explorer. Yeah. You're like on a new you're on a new experience. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? don't you you really just don't see people for their, you know. You just don't see people for their color or their differences. It's just it makes their differences are exciting mm-hmm. and makes them, you know, very interesting. But but this you know. is why I keep going back to saying, like, I'm tired of even black <laughs> films. The only films getting Oscars are people playing slaves. Yeah. You got to be a slave. Or you got to be being fucked by a white man to get recognized by the Academy. Yeah. The racism ingrained or in a, or um, a dirty cop. And yeah. but look at the, the, the award system in movies. Mm hmm predominantly white people judging all movies and mm-hmm. saying these great works of art are not even good enough when they see us at the uh, Golden Globe snub yeah. makes no sense yeah but again unless you could really be empathetic to the extent that you could put your foot in black people's shoes and mm-hmm. say man I get it Harriet Tubman you're gonna nominate her because Harriet Tubman is a woman who freed the slaves mm-hmm. but that's the only black film that was that happened this year that sh- should have got nominated right you know 
I don't know. I, no, I, I'm sorry. That n- n- uh, Lupita Nyong'o was fucking robbed of a nomination. I mean, well, if for you, us, yes. Like, you watched it, right? I, that movie was too. It was too. I don't like scary movies. Yeah, no. Um, Bitches but, popping up in my window. But just the, but just the <laughs> fact that she played herself. Let's face it. Stress is just a part of life, but relaxing should be a bigger part of life. When you need to shut out the world and get to your happy place, listen to 98.1 The Breeze, the one Bay Area station that plays nothing but relaxing favorites for your workday as you unwind in the evening or escape for the weekend. Listen to 98.1 The Breeze or tell Alexa or Siri to play 98.1 The Breeze on iHeartRadio. Just two different versions of yeah. herself and that and the the voice that she created for her tethered self like she, it still gives me chills. She was they'd, robbed. They'd probably give it to Carpool <clears throat> Karaoke even though it doesn't apply for this section or right. category. They James Corden could get it for rolling around in the truck singing with Justin Bieber. Yeah. And he's so, not I even driving for I real, for real. I know, I know. That came <laughs> out. Everybody was so devastated on social media. I was like, like, you really think he can drive, you know, on, in, L- in the L.A.? <laughs> okay, no, it's impossible because people drive like freshly laid shit well, first in all, L.A. Nobody drives that long without stopping <laughs> in L.A. That too, that too. They're, ne- I, they're never at a stop, site or a stop sign or a light. But I wanted to, you know, dedicate the show to people knowing their rights man and 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 knowing where you can just go to google take um, take 10 minutes to google my rights when stopped by a police officer post it on your facebook text it to your best friends give it to your children because somebody's going to get stopped again if they're not getting stopped right now and they're not going to have the experience mm-hmm. that I had. Yeah, let me tell you I something. I can't believe it. I cannot stand whenever anybody asks a fucking question in a comment section when the caption clearly says something. It's just like, well, who is that person? Well, what are they talking about? Google. Google. I mean, I swear to God, we have all this information literally at our fingertips. I'm still, I still remember the days of Encyclopedia Britannica. I had the whole fucking set. Okay. We don't have time for that. What Google? Google? They don't. They really don't. They have to. No, the sad part. You, listen to me. Mm. It's literally a pause here and go to Safari and Google. Let me tell you something. But they won't do it. You should really. What you should do is you should look on Instagram and Facebook and see in your analytics how much time you spend per day on those apps. Half that could be spent on Google. Just googling random shit, mm. like random shit. Or it could be going to buy my brand new book, God Must Have Forgotten About Me. It's out now. <laughs> I love, you know, this is the first time I've really sold something. Mm-hmm. And so people, some people were on my Instagram like, I can't believe all you're talking about is your book. I'm like, I, are you fucking kidding me? This one person said to me, you know, can you please spill the tea? Because all you talk about now is this book. And I'm like, first of all, ma'am, once you flip through the first 25 pages and you realize what I went through to even be able to say I wrote a book. I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of this work and I'm proud of everybody showing up and supporting it. Um, I forgot who I was talking to recently who said, you know, you and damages review on the show is what made them go get the book, Oh, dope. you know, and, and then, you know, Cardi calling in and buying all the books and, mm-hmm. you know, I called offset today and I ain't asked him yet, but I did tell Serge, I'm calling every rich motherfucker I know. Yeah. And I'm asking him to buy the book. Cause it's, to me, it's not even about the money. I don't even know how much money I've made. It's about the fact that, from every part of my life, I was told I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. You weren't worthy. You weren't, weren't going to make it. Yeah. All mm-hmm. that. And I mean, you've had it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So when you grow into 
realizing like you were not only worth it, yeah, but you were chosen to do it. Yeah. You know, kid, this one kid, he did a book review. It almost had me crying in the airport. I couldn't even like it. it, it the other thing is I'm very uh, I'm, I'm 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 in a weird euphoric. you're becoming you're becoming very emotional. So annoying. I hate <laughs> being emotional. <laughs> I'm, I'm absorbing energy mm-hmm. at a level that I never have. It's almost euphoric in the sense that like I can, it's it's too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. This kid messages me and says, "Do you mind if I do a book review?" I'm like, "Sure, do it. Yeah, not a problem." And then the next thing I see online is this book review, or he DMs it to me, or something. I forgot, and I clicked it, and he's doing the book review. And in the middle of the book review, he says, "Man," and Jason was really transparent. And he talked about being molested. And, you know, I've never told anybody. I don't even think I told my mom, but I got molested. But then he hurry up and changed the subject. But he didn't edit it out. <gasps> and I'm just like, it's surfacing other people's shit. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since I've read a book. I actually now have my own copy that I'm going through and highlighting because we wrote the fuck out this book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just want people to take from it and get whatever they want. And where are you with writing your book? I'm in the have process. Have you started? Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Yeah. Are you gonna, you're really excited. I am very excited. I'm I'm scared. Yeah. You know. Of what part? A lot of it. There's like, you know, there's going to be some stuff that no one knew. Mm-hmm. Like no one knew. Um that I've held on to um that I kept a secret uh that I experienced you know, um a certain amount of shame about um and I guess I just I don't know. I just I I guess that's another reason why I don't go out a lot of the time too, is because I just I just feel like I don't want to put myself in a position to be criticized or attacked. But I mean, fuck it, like you, you can't control that. I I I know, but my way of controlling it was to hide. Yeah, but a lot of people who are afraid to go out and face the world get depressed and i.e. hide. Yeah, and and that and that and that's a big that's a big part of my story is how long and how and how intense my bouts of depression were and where they were where they almost led me Mm -hmm. um and where they did lead me um so i'm you know i'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot of people who are surprised by that surprised by times where you physically saw me walking a red carpet or or you know on tv and i looked like everything was okay and i was literally like falling apart on the inside but that happens to all of us you know so it's just you know the whole point of writing something so um you know vulnerable. Uh, so vulnerable is to make others you know feel connected mm-hmm. um and not alone you know, feel like that there's somebody out there really truly understands them. Listen, Barnes and Noble's so black because mm-hmm. we got black people pouring in Barnes and Nobles, pouring in, stocked in. The whole store was filled with black people, and it felt so good to see mothers and their kids and their friends coming and buying two, three, five, ten copies. Uh, somebody yesterday bought like six or eight copies, uh, or the other day when I was in New Orleans, and. It's now people are saying they want to write, mm-hmm. you know, and you're a book person. Mm-hmm. I was never really a book person. I got tons of books in my house that I haven't even opened yet. Yeah, no, I'm a voracious reader. My favorite thing is to like smell the inside of a book. But now <laughs> I'm like, I want to write my next book, mm-hmm. but I got to like exhaust this one first. I got to get out and to go speak and all that. But yeah, uh, um, just make sure you're staying tuned into my Instagram because I'm coming to New York City. I'm actually going to Delaware. We sold out Delaware for a conversation couple hundred people this week and then going off to New York to do Wendy and then the Breakfast Club and some other podcasts and then coming back and figuring out like what the HBCU thing looks like. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's an exciting process. But I also feel like 
I want people to get that I'm still Jason. Mm-hmm. This is just another layer that maybe some people knew, but the public didn't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't want people to be surprised when I spill the tea because I got a big story coming out. Really? Yeah, I can't talk about it right now. It's big. He can't. He can't talk to you guys about that. I can't tell anybody because you know too many people in media and you talk too much. F- me? Melissa. Me. You get a fucking glass of wine in you, the mouth. That mouth gets to running. I'm usually at my ho- at my house drinking alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you pillow talk? With who, motherfucker? No, with mean, who? With anybody. I'm just saying whoever you may be. You, you Come on. No. Pillow talk. I Right after I nut, I go to sleep. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I'm fucking terrible. But like, do Don't you, cuddle me. Get I, off me. I, it's pill, let, me, let me understand what pillow talking is. Uh-huh. It's pillow talking when like you're dating somebody and you guys are laying in the bed and you're just talking. Yes. Right? That's pillow yeah, talking. Pill, yeah, pillow talking doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like after sex. It's yeah, really yeah. just like you're just chilling there. Because you're real and, comfortable. And your guard's secrets, down and yeah. you're talking. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do that? No. You don't? Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't either. No. I don't ever feel like... I, w- I want to talk about life and the universe and fucking aliens and ghosts and shit like that with the person across from me. And if I can't have those kinds of deep level conversations with the person I'm laying next to, I'm laying next to the wrong motherfucker. Well, do you ever go on dates or have you ever... Not now, but like, have you ever been on a date and somebody wants to talk about the industry? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this Isn't is Isn't that a, f- a red flag? Uh, he, it's a red fl- banner flashing like I'm like oh I gotta go like yeah, yeah no I don't want to have these kinds of conversations I don't yeah. want to talk shop yeah. at all and if this is what interests you or I made or, I made a misstep, misstep in judgment here but, but I'm sure with guys they'll they'll bring up like videos you've been in right yeah even, even, even that's kind of weird right it is weird because that's i'm just like okay you're stepping into fan territory you're in love with the fantasy yeah and i you, like, you ain't even trying to get to know me yeah you can't do that yeah. exactly I, I i i really hate that i do too i really hate that so it's so crazy becoming a person that the public knows when they just forget you're a person listen what's crazy is i, I forget where we were, we were i think we were talking about tinder the mm-hmm, other day mm-hmm. and i was talking about the fact that like i felt like i could never swipe right on <laughs> black guys because you already know why they because know, i was know. i was i just they would a they would be like fuck right this is melissa ford you know or they'd be like yo and i was i just didn't want to run the risk so i was on tinder literally trying to find a connection i just didn't feel like i, I felt like the only way that i would find like a a chance of a real connection was with somebody who had no idea who the hell I was. Why well, swipe right? I'm I'm off Tinder. It's I, just I'm, no, d- I'm I, done. I swipe right, but when they go, is this the Jason Lee? Jason Lee? Yeah. Unmatched. Yeah. Like I ain't about to go there. Yeah. Well, uh, this was an informative, uh, educational show. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, Google's your friend and Google your rights. If a cop stops, what are some questions that they can throw into Google? If a cop stops me. Um, what are my rights? And what are my rights? What can I say? Yeah, what are yeah. my rights when a police officer stops yeah. me? Yeah, and I and I and I've done nothing illegal. Whether you have or if if you have a pound of cocaine on you, I'd be shook. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd but, be so no, shook. But I mean, like, you, but you have to realize they're also trained to like look at your body movement, body language, and this and that, right? Yeah. But you know, if you. Bottom line is, if you smell like marijuana, mm-hmm. you give that's 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 uh, uh, they can argue probable cause. Yeah, because you smell like marijuana. Yeah, and then when you're traveling, you better know what the laws are. Because in, in that too, in Florida, you get into an argument with a motherfucker in the street, they pull a gun out and shoot you and say they were afraid. Stand your ground, you're dead. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 
I'm staying in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. It's over. By the way, it's Grammy week and this new this video of me chasing Beyonce is going viral again. Please stop. That is so funny. Me and Beyonce are over it. We're, we're over it like we're over the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Hello, bunnies. This is Arden Marine. You may know me from Chelsea Lately or as Regina Sinclair on Insatiable. I want to tell you about my comedy podcast, Will You Accept This Rose, which is new to the iHeartRadio Podcast Network. We recap every season of The Bachelor franchise, including The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. We bring in Bachelor superfans, including Lance Bass, Nikki Glaser, Debbie Ryan, and more. Catch our first episode on January 8th and listen to Will You Accept This Rose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.